Welcome to the Pop Culture Bicycle Podcast. Up more? You, you want to up more? No, that's fine. Up more? That's fine. I forgot I had to turn up your fucking headphones. I mean, I'm... Because we got new fucking headphones. I'm hearing it. Okay. I hear it. All right. Welcome to the Pop Culture Bicycle Podcast. I am your host, Jake, and alongside me, per usual, is Luke. Henry Cavill used to be called Fat Cavill back in school by bullies. I knew that. Did you? Yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't know he was fat as a kid. Yeah. Well, they called him Chubby. Yeah, him and I used to date in in, in high school. <laughs> All right. My riddle Henry. Did you also know that his brother was in the like the Royal British Air Force or whatever the fuck? What, Navy? I think so. Something like that. So he's like a big supporter of... He's, he's one of the Queen's God. Yeah, he loves the military over there. All right, so let's get right into the news. First up... Fight Club gets a very different ending in China. Oh, yeah. Did you see that? Yeah. Uh, this comes from vice.com. Imported films to China are often altered to show that law enforcement on the side of justice always trumps the villain. Instead of the original ending where the narrator kills off a split personality, Tyler Durden, and watches the buildings explode, the explosion scene is removed and the following message is displayed on screen. Through the clue provided by Tyler, the police rapidly figured out the whole plan and arrested all criminals, successfully preventing the bomb from exploding. After the trial, Tyler was sent to a lunatic asylum, receiving <laughs> psychological treatment. He was discharged from the hospital in 2012. I honestly love that so much. <laughs> I'd rather watch that version. I guess that's like closer to the, to the, the book ending. Ooh, that's another book I need to... Get on my Audible. Dude, fuck Audible. Speaking of fucking audiobooks, <laughs> fuck Audible unless they want to sponsor us. <laughs> uh, I signed up for this app, Scribd, Scribd. Okay. Where you pay like 10 bucks a month and you have like unlimited, unlimited? fucking audiobooks. All right. Yeah, yeah that's happening. Um, yeah. Actually, sponsor yeah. us, S-C-R-I-B-D. Yeah, fuck you, Audible. That's the name fuck of this episode. Uh, yeah, I guess Tyler, or the narrator, wakes up. And, like, what he assumes is heaven mm. with everything white. But it's Gitmo? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's just an insane asylum. But there, um, there's, like, it's written to be like, oh, so this whole thing, this whole Fight Club shit was made up. But he sees, like, orderlies and fucking janitors oh, and shit with black eyes and shit. And they're like, oh, the plane's still on and we can't wait till you're free or whatever blah 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 but still that i'm I'm sure china didn't know that that was the original book ending first of all why is fight club coming out just now in china it debuted in like a chinese or at a chinese film festival i think oh really yeah and now the theatrical release is just i was wondering about that i'm like china isn't one of those third world countries where they're like oh yeah they get american tv but it's american tv from 20 years ago so I was like, why is it now? Was it released before with the same ending and then the, the government cracked down? It's like, we can't have that. I think it just, just now got That's insane. released in China, like theatrically, because uh, this huge Chinese corporation, Tencent, who mm-hmm. owns like a good portion of Epic Games and, uh, and Fortnite and like other... Other titles? Other 
um, American companies. So and they're, they're in charge of the release. Those are always my favorite <clears throat> types of scenes in movies where it's you think one thing is going to happen and then they cut to black and then it's just a re- uh, like oddly absurd caption. Yeah. It's like just just film it. <laughs> like, just fucking film it or just don't fucking don't show it. Yeah. Don't, don't show the fucking on-screen message. That'd be like at the end of Die Hard <laughs> where he's like, you know, I haven't watched Die Hard in a while, but it's all triumphant and then it just cuts to black. It's like he died of leukemia 3 years later and then there wasn't 6 of them for some reason. If only. There's too many. Yeah. I think they're still going too. Yeah, I th- yeah, Wait, I don't even know. I think the new one got canceled or was delayed. Something like that. I, I I couldn't tell you. All right. Next up, what you got, son? Have you seen Nope. <laughs> the trailer for Studio 666? No. I don't know that there was a trailer. I just saw that there was a like a poster posted on Reddit, like a film poster, or maybe it was like on Twitter or some some shit. But I didn't see if there was a, a trailer. No. Yeah, it, it. I don't know. Seems all right. But I just thought it was cool that the Foo Fighters are coming out with a movie where it's sort of meta and it's a horror movie. Um, a haunted studio. Yes. Like a haunted music studio. Yeah. So <laughs> it's a house. So here's what this says. It says. Studio 666, the legendary rock band Foo Fighters, Foo Fighters, moved into an Encino mansion steeped in grisly rock and roll history to record their much-anticipated 10th album. Once in the house, Dave Grohl finds himself grappling with supernatural forces that threaten, both, grappling. Yeah, that threaten both the completion of the album and the lives of the band. It looks all right. I mean, Dave Grohl, he's a funny guy, good personality, funny I feel guy. like. Funny guy, that Dave Grohl. I feel like he could rule. I don't know how he is as an actor, but actor, actor, but I can I see like it pulling it off. Movie. I mean, he played the devil in in uh, the Pick of Destiny. Yeah, yeah, that, that's what that's, that's my only like. acting credit that I know from him. I wonder if it'll, it'll be on, in like the sounds like it'll be in the same vein as the Pick of Destiny. I feel that where it's like a true story, quote unquote, true right. story. <laughs> I, I wouldn't be surprised if there was. Uh, like Kyle Gass and oh, it has Jack to. Black there's gonna be. I, I have has some ghosts. Or I something. imagine there's gonna be a ton of cameos in the movie just because Dave Grohl knows everybody for some reason, and apparently is the nicest person ever. Yeah, but as far as uh, like acting credits on the movie, there was a list. A lot of them I didn't recognize, but the big ones were Whitney Cummings. Ooh, was it a, was it a good list or the bad list that you don't want to be on? Uh, blacklisted. Uh, Whitney Cummings, Will Forte, and Leslie Grossman. Were the three big names that I was like, oh, okay. I mean, Whitney Cummings, all right. Yeah. Will Forte. Will Forte, yeah. yeah. And then Leslie Grossman. He just hosted, uh, Will Forte just hosted SNL. Oh, did he? Yeah. Ooh, I might have to go check that out. Like, every other skit was was a MacGruber skit. Oh. Which (laughs) is getting a new series. It already has a new series. Oh. Uh, where like each each skit has got more insane. Really? MacGruber was like a like a COVID conspiracy theorist. Oh shit. <laughs> and each each fucking skit just got more wild. It was pretty funny. I love that. It kind of reminds me of fucking what we'll talk about in our next event. Jordan's never fucking seen the MacGruber movie. I've never seen the MacGruber movie. What the fuck? I don't know. Are you serious? I haven't. Oh my god. I'm sorry. You're on a pop culture podcast you don't even fucking know every single pop culture. You're right. Media. Sorry. <laughs> I'll do better. I'll go I'll quit my job and I'll go home and I'll Fucking Johnny Five through Netflix and everything, and Do just it. know everything. 
Anything else on that? No. No, there there wasn't like any kind of release date or anything like that, but it looks pretty good. I'm excited for it. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's a fake trailer, fake fake movie poster. They just face everybody out. <laughs> and and it's just advertising their their 10th album. Oh, that would actually be freaking sweet if the movie never came out. It's it's like the opposite of that fucking ending message. Yeah. <laughs> Where it's like no, you have to go to theaters, but the Studio 666 is really just like uh, a vignette, and then it just shows them playing all the songs on their 10th album, and that's the movie. Yeah. And there's there's like shitty ghosts in, in the in the background just <laughs> Just sheets with holes in them. <laughs> I, I, I really hope that uh, Christopher Walken is in it just because it's so iconic how he introduced the Foo Fighters on SNL. The movie ends with, with Christopher Walken introducing them on SNL. Yes. That's fucking meta. And then it plays the SNL skit, and in the SNL skit there's a MacGruber, and then it plays with the MacGruber. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it just gets it just a seven hours. Every single SNL episode since that fucking since that episode. All right. Um there is a new Wallace and Gromit movie to premiere on Netflix and BBC in twenty twenty four. I didn't Are honestly you did not know hyped? that. Eh? I don't give a fuck. Go fuck about Wallace and Gromit. Had you ever have you ever watched any of the Wallace and Gromits? I feel like I have, and was like, this is dumb. I, f- I feel like I've seen like the first one. I feel like I've seen one in fucking theaters. Like maybe, really? maybe my grandma took my brother and I to go see it. Hmm. I do. Re- I we I definitely remember seeing Chicken Run. Right. That's that's from the the same, same studio. Yeah. 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 I watched Chicken Run too. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, yeah. Um. I don't go fuck about Wallace and Gromit. Apparently, apparently there's like a. Like a scary Wallace and Gromit, where one of them turns into probably whichever one is the the human one, uh, turns into like a, a werewolf, uh, really? rabbit hybrid thing. Hmm. But I'd watch that. I'd watch the shit out of that. It's probably on Netflix. Oh, it's on Netflix. I'll go home right now. Never see it. <laughs> I'm quitting my job. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's all, that's all I have on that. <laughs> I, I just wanted to state that I don't care. Oh, uh, here's something you might care about because it might play into something down the road. So apparently early test screenings of the Batman were four hours long, Hell which yeah. is awesome. But also I wonder how much they had to cut out of the original or the, the theatrical release because that's coming in just under under three. under three. So that's a ton of footage. Yeah, well, I mean, normally uh, movies that are like an hour and a half, they're shot with like three hours worth of footage and yeah, a, a lot of things hit the cutting room floor. So, but if if this was to get like a Zack Snyder four hour Justice League style like HBO Max release, would you watch the four hour version? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, as long as the theatrical to, one's good, yeah, I'd go. But to, I mean, the theatrical cut of Justice League wasn't good, and I still watch the four hour cut. Right, exactly. That like I, I have faith. That this is going to be a good movie, but I also like wonder if there's story plots and things that are like that's not so important that they cut out for the of the four hour that could play a better role for you to understanding it. That fucking in the three hour that clip that you shared of the funeral scene, mm-hmm. and Eli is like, "Oh, I, I'm not going to watch anything until uh, the movie comes out because yeah. uh, it's going to show all the cool bits." That's not a cool bit, no, really. It was. It was. I mean, it. 
did kind of get me hyped just because when the dude spoiler alert if you haven't seen the the clip like when the guy got out of the car that crashed in the funeral and he had the yeah. bomb around his neck the phone taped to his hand i was like that's freaking cool that's it reminds me of like a good gritty batman movie and it made me hype for it but i also knew that wasn't going to be the coolest part yeah. or a cool part i saw that like twitter leakers for or one twitter leaker shared that like all the trailers haven't uh, haven't exposed like a sliver of what the plot's about. Oh yeah, so. I, I believe it. I've watched the clips. And I'm like, I still don't understand. Yeah, but it's cool I, to see. I'm gonna watch every single clip and trailer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What if the clips that they're putting out is actually the stuff they cut, and it's not actually showing mm. you anything in the theatrical release? That would be pretty fucking ball. That would be freaking sweet. <laughs> uh, you, you. <laughs> Those are those are the only action parts, and the rest of the parts <laughs> the are rest just, is just fucking, a drama. Yeah, <laughs> dude, I would I would love Matt Reeves if he fucking did that. Oh. Uh, um, let's, let's manifest it into existence. Pay him a dollar more than he got paid to to direct the movie, or just pay him a dollar because we can't dollar. pay him a dollar more. We don't have that kind of money. We can pay him two dollars. Unless you can subscribe pay to our Patreon. Exactly. <laughs> Patreon.com forward slash pop culture bicycle. Oh, yes. Speaking of the Batman, kind of, uh, Willem Dafoe wants to play a Joker <laughs> imposter alongside Joaquin Phoenix. I've seen that. This comes from NME.com. I didn't look up what the fuck that, that stood for. Enemy, duh. The article was like worded weirdly. Weirdly? Weirdly a word? We're, yes. More, we- yes. Wordly, weirdly. It was the weirdestly worded. Um, in an interview with, oh, speaking of Willem Dafoe and SNL, he is hosting next week and uh, during Will Forte's monologue. Did he crash it as a Green Goblin? <laughs> no. Who's the who's the creator of SNL? Uh, Lorne Michaels. Lorne Michaels. He came out and stopped Will Forte and he's like, well, <laughs> there's been a mistake. And then Willem Dafoe comes out. Will Forte is like, no, he's hosting next week. And Lauren was like, I meant to type in uh, Willem in my phone. Oh, it came up Forte instead of Defoe. Yeah, that's pretty funny. Well, dude, tune in this fucking this week for Willem Defoe hosting fucking SNL. That should be fucking wild. Yeah. Um. Anyways, in an interview with British GQ, Defoe said, so it would not be possible to have not dueling jokers, but someone... That says to be the Joker that isn't the Joker. It says Coyota? <laughs> and that kind of opens up the possibility of an interesting story, particularly if you had Walking Phoenix's Joker, and then you had someone who is either imitating or riffing off what he did. So the plan is for Willem Dafoe to be a copycat Joker yeah. of Walking Phoenix's mm-hmm. Joker? It could be interesting. I, I don't know if I love the fact that Willem Dafoe's the copycat, just because I feel like, he, in my mind, he's a bigger star than Walking Phoenix. Phoenix. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I feel like Willem Dafoe has the look to be like the main oh, Joker. Yeah, I mean, Willem Dafoe has the look to be any villain in any movie that he wants to. Let's be honest. True. And the and the acting chops. Yeah, he's and, so good. And, and just the crazy personality. He'll make it fucking amazing, no matter what he does. I do feel like for. Joaquin Phoenix to be the star, he is going to get upstaged. I, I could be sitting here twiddling my thumbs, and Willem Dafoe's sitting here twiddling his thumbs right next to me, he and he's going to outstage yeah, me. He's going to do it better. Yeah, <laughs> he'll do it in a 
Shakespearean way somehow. I don't know. I, I feel like Defoe is now too old to be like the main Joker. I could see him being like a uh, like an old senile person imitating the Joker. Did I watch the Joker Walking Phoenix once? It was great. I loved the movie. Did yeah. it take place in Gotham? Yeah. Okay. Of course. That's, I, I just couldn't remember if it did. Well, it was a different take on Joker mm-hmm. than what you usually see, so I didn't know if they wanted to introduce a more yeah, real-life Bruce Wayne location. was a wee boy yeah. in that movie. Oh, so the Joker's that much older than Batman and, and that canon, apparently, DC, even though it wasn't really a DC movie. It, it is a DC movie. I know. But, but not but in, like, the main universe, whatever the fuck the main universe wh- is. Who knows? What who you, the fuck knows? Who am I? <laughs> <laughs> All right, I got some quick hitters for you. Ooh, hit me quickly, Daddy. Ready, ready for this? Disney is changing Snow White for their new live-action remake, and Peter Dinkling is pissed. Oh, yeah, Dinkling just fucking... Cause it's like a, he said it was like a fucking ass-backwards take on, on dwarfism. Yeah, which he has the right to speak about it, let's be honest. Uh, Marilyn Manson is a gigantic piece of shit. I saw that he <laughs> sexually assaulted. He basically rapes everybody. That's what's coming out now. Who was the, the chick that came I, out and said it? I couldn't remember her name. She's an actress. I know that. I've seen a couple now. But, yeah. One was during a music video as well. Mm, yep, that's the one that I saw. Yeah. And I saw that Marilyn Manson a while ago, probably like a year ago, that he'd make um, like his assistants and whoever else dress up in like Nazi uniforms yeah. and record them. So he has dirt Blackmail. on them. Yeah. Basically, he's abstaining. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> all those parents were right. <laughs> yeah. All those parents in the nineties. And then, uh, Dwayne, the rock Johnson continues his trends with, of movies with red in the name this oh, time yeah. in a holiday movie with Chris Evans named red one. I saw that when I saw that, I, I thought I was like, is that already the sequel to red notice? And then it said <laughs> holiday one, movie. And, and I was like, I, I understand it's probably about Santa. Let's be honest, but. I saw that. I was like, that's got to be the Or Rudolph. Scene. Or I, could be Rudolph. Chris Evans plays Rudolph. Yeah. It's a new, grittier take on the role. It's, it's, just, I, it's just Chris Evans dressed up as, <laughs> as 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 Rudolph. And Dwayne The Rock Johnson. It's like one of the, it's like one of those costumes where a guy stands up and the other guy bends over and is the hind legs. The Yeah, those fucking horses. The Rock is just the hind legs. He plays the hind legs of Rudolph in the movie. Chris Evans plays Rudolph and The Rock plays... One of the reindeers that wouldn't let Rudolph play in the reindeer games. Comet. Was that him? It was Comet. The, Coach Comet. The, the cleaning product? Yep. Yeah, I I saw that too, and I tried looking it up, and that's that's all that there really is yeah. on it, is that Chris Evans and Dwayne Johnson are going to star in an action. Uh, fuck, I, I think The Rock did say something. Like, oh, it, it's going to change the way people see fucking, like, Action holiday movies or some stupid I, I, shit. I think that's one of The Rock's just buzz phrases when it comes to any movie. Like, this movie's going to change the way you Dude, think about Jungle Cruise. he has said no less than a thousand times that Black Adam is going to change the hierarchy of the, <laughs> of the DC universe or some shit. Like, every single fucking time he's interviewed about it or he posts about it Red on Notice, Instagram. Red Notice is going to change the way you look at heist movies. <laughs> change the way you look at Hitler and his treasures. Buy my tequila. It's going to change the way you feel about tequilas. Yeah, keep watching our, our red movies so you see our fucking our liquor product placements. Apparently he's coming out with an... He just has a bunch of shit going on. 
uh, he's coming out with another movie based on a video game. It was one of those headlines I was like, don't care. So I, but that was the headline. Wasn't there a sequel to Rampage? Yeah, Rampage Two. Wasn't there like a team up? Not team up, but like a like a video game of all the all like the big. There was like King Kong in it, and could be sounds. It was like a smash up, like destroying a bunch of buildings and whatnot. Yeah, I'm not sure about that, but The Rock probably produced it, too. If you know it, let us know. Um, any other quick hitters you got for me? Uh, that's all the quick hitters I have. I noticed that was a, a, a trend when I was trying to find interesting stories. I'd see a headline, I'm like, oh, that's interesting, and then there's just no details on it. I'm like, all right, well, I'll just put it into a quick hitter headline, I guess. we gotta re- we got to start reporting it ourselves. Apparently. We are way ahead of the curve. Oh, did you know that J.K. Simmons is from Michigan? Uh, no, he's, he's from New York City and Gotham. <laughs> no, was, from where? Uh, Ypsilanti, somewhere around there, Pinconning. Oh, who cares? Uh, I was, whatever. I was looking for Michigan actors or like authors. Someone that, I want to try to line up a kind of interview at some point, so I just figured it'd be cool to have a Michigan actor that was Big. I wasn't getting Sam Raimi right now, but I saw J.K. Simmons, and I knew I couldn't get him either. But I was like, oh, I didn't know he was from Michigan. Um, we'd probably get Ted Nugent. He's, we he's could all, <laughs> we'd lose all of our viewership or listenership. Like, so how did it feel when you shit your pants to get out of the drag? <laughs> how did it feel to fuck over your fucking bandmates, especially the one that fucking wrote your big, your big songs? Um, I do. I, I have the contact information. I'm going to do a little tease, even though it might not happen. <laughs> Try to get in contact with the author of the Michigan Chiller series. Oh, shit. Uh, Jonathan something? Yeah, Jonathan Rand. Yeah. Uh, he, came to, he came to my middle school. Yeah, he came to my elementary <laughs> school when those when those books were. But I think it'd be an interesting conversation to sit down and like talk about his favorite horror movies that gave him like inspiration when writing the books. Just Goosebumps. It was just Goosebumps. <laughs> I assure Stephen King's in there, too. Yeah, I've read probably... 95% of the fucking Michigan Chillers. I know there was a new series that came out. There was American Chillers after Michigan Chillers. And was that, that it? Yeah. There might be another one, too. He lives on a freaking island. Do you know that? Mackinac Island? Not Mackinac Island, either. Beaver Island? It was an island I've never heard of. I'm like, that's Hawaii? in Michigan? Yes. <laughs> Hawaii, <laughs> Michigan. Hawaii, Michigan. Yeah. You get a direct flight from Detroit to Hawaii, and it just takes you that stupid-ass island. Is it, still cold. Is it like an island that other people live on, or like he bought an island and I, I don't know a house. I could I could look it up for you real quick because I was like, he lives on an island. What the do 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 did you guys know that? Yeah, he was from Pontiac, but I saw he lives on a... Did you, did you know that Pontiac is named after the car? What? Yeah. All right, well, I'm not going to get it in time. Get it. So, get it. Now we're just we're just wasting tape. Hey, Siri. Did I have to your Siri? No. <laughs> oh, shit. It's on my <laughs> iPad. Ooh, yeah, I'm not I like the voice. You. Where does Jonathan Rand currently live? Thanks for nothing. Anyways. And that's the show. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Peacemaker is the DCEU's best reviewed movie or show to date. Really? Yeah. Have you watched any of it? Oh, yeah. 
Is it good? Yeah. I had no strong feelings when it was announced. Yeah. Like, I was just like, meh, give me blood sport or, like, rat catcher. Or even fucking polka dot man. But fucking peacemaker. Motherfucker who, spoiler alert, killed fucking Rick Flagg in the Suicide Squad movie. Uh, it, But, yeah, it's, it's pretty good. They have Vigilante on there, but they made him kind of goofy. Oh, really? Yeah, so when I saw the trailers, I'm just like, seriously? But pretty fucking good. Pretty good. Um, Vigilante beats up a bunch of Nazis in jail. A bunch of white supremacists in jail. That was pretty fun. But it holds a 94% on Rotten Tomatoes. Beating out 2017's Wonder Woman's 93%. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, when I saw the announcement and trailer for it, like, I, to be fair, I'm not a huge John Cena fan anyway. True, same. So, like, and he, I felt like he did an all right job with it in The Suicide Squad. But I, I didn't think he did a good enough job that it warranted a spinoff. So I was like, it's probably going to have a few episodes and then get canceled. He's pretty funny. Yeah. It's it's not gonna get canceled. It's James Gunn. I know James but... Gunn wrote uh, and directed all all the episodes. Oh yeah, uh, he wrote the series during quarantine. It's pretty good. Hmm. I might have to check it out then. I, I just I just don't like John Cena that much. Just just look up the intro every, every <laughs> if you since. Want to sit down and watch the series? Just look up the intro. It's every amazing. since he he did the fu to the Undertaker back in two thousand. <laughs> My life is about the same. <laughs> But Peacemaker has received praise from, speaking of Goosebumps, R.L. Stein. Really? Yeah. What's he been up to? Does he still write books? Um, I think there's like a series coming out. I know. Yeah, I imagine he's making money off like the, the Goosebumps. The two movies that came out? Yeah. But I'm pretty sure there's a... And, wait, no. I'm uh, thinking of someone else. But I think there's a series, like a live-action Maybe Goosebumps series or some shit that's coming out. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know. I'm looking up his... Maybe I dreamt it. Fear Street? Let us know. Part 3? Oh, yeah. That was R.L. Stein. That came out last year. Netflix. But other than that, I'm just trying to see like what he's come up with recently. Because you don't hear about him other than Goosebumps, but does he do anything besides Goosebumps? I don't think he needs to. Yeah, it's true. (laughs) He doesn't fucking want to. He doesn't need to. And Fear Street, I guess. Yeah, you try to look. I'm looking up his shit. It's just all just the different Goosebumps books. So whatever. It's like no shit, Google. <laughs> um, have you watched Fear Street? I have not watched Fear Street. It's pretty good. Uh, is it a like an actual movie or an anthology type thing? It's the three part anthology. Okay. The first <laughs> one is like present day. Then second one is like eighty slasher mm-hmm. camp one and. The third one is back in, like, the Salem Witch Trial days. Maybe where, I have watched that. Where uh, back then, if, if a woman said one plus one is two, then... She's a witch! Yep, she's a witch! <laughs> Murder! Oh, what was it that I was listening to? If if a man's 13-year-old wife said, hey, this is wrong, she's a witch. Uh, it was uh, Chris Stefano, one of his stand-up. He was talking about... Talking about? How, like, if you're a parent, you can label yourself as a parent. But some people's like, I'm a parent. I have cats. He's I'm like, a parent. I have two dogs. Right. He's like, you can't just say that. Like, you can't. You if you went back to the Salem witch trials and <laughs> walked in with two cats and like, these are my kids, they would burn you at the <laughs> stake immediately. <laughs> you got any uh, got any other news? Uh no, that's all I got for today. Yeah, watch watch Peacemaker. 
John yeah. Cena's a good actor. Watch Holiday Friends or Vacation Friends on Hulu. Mm-hmm. Stars John Cena and Lil Ray Howery. Oh, okay. Yeah. And that sounds actually, I mean, for Lil Ray alone, that sounds pretty good. Yeah, it's a decent movie. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. You said you have no other news? I have no other news, sir. You're fired. Thanks. I said you need at least 20 pieces of news. I can just read headlines. You want me to read headlines? Because <laughs> that's... <laughs> even, if they're pop, even if they're not pop culture. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so... Talk about Ukraine. What are we talking about? Um, all right, so on to our next section, which is called... Spoiler alert! Forgot to make a, make a little jingle for that. <laughs> All right. What have you been reading, watching, or and or listening to? Well, I actually have a bunch because I read, listened to, finished uh, Ready Player Two, and I gotta say, eh. so like last time it was, I just mostly talked about his like rich people problems, yeah, and how he was searching for the seven shards of the siren soul, seven shards, <clears throat> and nobody knew, really knew what it was. This it was just of a what soul, the siren soul. It was it was another of one of Halliday's little uh, manhunt, Easter egg scavenger hunt things that he didn't tell anyone about. Yeah, it was just con- conveniently found for this book. Yeah, exactly. So he'd been searching for it, and he offered people a billion dollars for any credible information and helping him find it. Ready Player One did. Yes. Yeah, so, what's, uh, what's that kid's name? Wade Watts. Oh yeah, Wade Wilson. Yep. And uh, he he gets this email. And it does with all the clues, and he finds one. But then Og, the uh, one of the co-creators of the Oasis. Oh yeah, yeah. Played by uh, Simon Pegg in the movie. All of a sudden, so when he finds the the shard, the leaderboard from the first book comes back up, and it shows his name on top with a, a shard. Og. No, uh, Ready Player One's Percival. Yeah, um, Ready Player One's that's his name. But shortly after he finds it. Og's name comes up on the leaderboard with oh, one, shit. and then all of a sudden two. So he's like ahead, and he's like, "What? What the hell?" <laughs> you know, supposed to be retired, you piece of shit. But with with the ONI headsets, you're not allowed to be in the Oasis for more than twelve hours, or else you start getting like brain damage and shit. The oh, fuck? Because it's a full like immersive head thing where it's like taking neural scans. It's like in your brain, and you can like feel everything and whatnot. Worth so it. like he had to log out. And the the next morning he wakes up and Og has been kidnapped. And they're like, what the fuck is going on? And then uh, Sorrento is uh, oh, he, broken out of jail. He's back? Yeah. For, Nolan S- Sorrento? Nolan Sorrento has a very small role in this book, to be fair. Um, but he logs into the Oasis and immediately uh, when he gets in, there's a firmware update and he hits accept. And then he That's has to... boring shit. Wait, wait <laughs> for firmware it. Firmware updates. Wait for it. I'm not going to go through the entire book, but Please I'm setting I'm setting up how the drama happens. Okay. Firmware update. Uh, so he goes to this uh, owner's meeting because obviously Aug is missing. All the owners have to figure out what the fuck. And Anorak shows up. <gasps> oh, shit. Uh, TJ Miller. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so Anorak shows up and they're like, what the fuck? Anorexia shows up. Well, it turns out that Anorak is an NPC that Halliday created. Like, it's the NPC at the end of the first book that handed Wade the uh, the robes of Anorak, which gave him like all being. Uh, Wait, is Anorak TJ Miller's character? Or is Anorak that... was Halliday's. Yes, 
So, and they're like, what the fuck? Turns out this NPC went rogue mm. because Halliday uploaded most of his memory. Calling all rogues. To the NPC. And the NPC's like, was supposed to just kind of fade off into existence right. from then. But he's like, fuck that. Like, I don't want to die. And he became kind of sentient. Yeah. Like fucking free. Like free guy. Yeah, free guy, not fall guy. <laughs> and so the drama of the book is that Anorak wants the, the the seven shards and the firmware update made it so anybody logged into the Oasis couldn't log out of the Oasis, which after 12 hours you'd start suffering brain damage. So he, the whole thing is uh, main characters, which is the same main characters from the last book, uh, have 12 hours to find the seven shards and deliver them to Anorak. And or nobody, else everyone dies. Yeah, or else everyone dies, which is half a mil, or half a billion people, because there's 500 million people logged into the Oasis at the point. Bullshit. Here's my problem with the book: the adventure itself gave me some of the feelings like it did from the last book. It like kept me enthralled and it had right. the Easter eggs. The fate of half a billion people is in your hands, and their dialogue seemed very lighthearted. <laughs> They're like joking around and shit. I'm like, do you not know that if you don't get this done, you're killing half of the world? That's like uh, fucking gremlins. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when everyone's fucking dying yeah. in town, let's let's stop stop and <laughs> kiss and talk about our trauma. But this whole thing. So when he found the first shard, I he called upon like the person who emailed him with the information. It was girl. Who runs this like YouTube channel basically thing? The person's name is Girl. It's Lowengrin, but it's a girl. And he's like, I know who she is. She's cute. I have a sort of a crush on her. So I thought he was going to like introduce a new love interest. No. They scrapped that real quickly. And now he's just trying to get Sam back the entire time. Oh my God. It was just, it Drama. seemed, it seemed forced because of the success of the first one. Sounds like a CW show. And there is a whole showdown with a bunch of princes. Like the artist formerly known as Princes, there were seven oh, of them. A bunch of fucking yeah, like avatars or like, like yeah, they're 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 avatars. They're in this world. One of the clues you had to travel to this world that was solely dedicated to Prince, and you had to fight the seven princes, which they are <laughs> god level. But here's my issue: is that scene leading up and the battle with the seven princes took longer than the conclusion of the book. The, yeah. the main crescendo of the book was super quick compared to the, how detailed and drawn out this battle with the seven princes was. I was like, hey, I don't give a fuck about Prince. <laughs> so, like, this is not keeping my interest at all. But then I got I'm to the bad. end of the book, and I was like, that's it? That's all that happened? You've spent, like, two chapters talking about this battle with seven <laughs> princes, and then you have a 20-minute blurb for this fucking ending? Fucking over it. <laughs> Just one page dedicated to it? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh. Wasn't that fun? Yeah, it, it and it it was fine. the The book ended with the fact that um the seven shards brought back oh was her name Kira, which was Og's wife. Oh yeah, which apparently Halliday, Halliday was like in love with, but never got because yeah. Og did. Og ended up defeating Anorak, so the the I guess the the bounty or not the bounty, but the treasure you got for completing. The seven shards was Kira, and then Kira gave you this stick that was a stick of immortality, which basically stay in there forever, not, not get brain damage. It, it was basically if you upload your conscious onto a computer, you would live forever, type of thing. This is what this stick did. Hmm. So he copied everybody and then put them on a spaceship that went 
and just traveled out. So like if they were to find new land, their conscious would live. It was, it was honestly not that good. (laughs) But I mean, if your choice was to have your consciousness uploaded or like live in summer, like the stacks. That's true. I would fucking have my shit uploaded. Absolutely. But I mean, I gotta be say it was fine. I rate it like a six out of ten just because the adventure was so good. A generous six out of ten, or a, solid a, a six generous six out of ten, because the adventure was so good. But like I said, the ending was seemed rushed, and the the tone of the book didn't seem to fit the actual situation that yeah. they were in. But there is still a ton of like eighties pop culture references and uh, stuff like that. That was still entertaining to read slash listen to and then i started after i finished that i started i'm only on chapter one uh american psycho oh yeah yeah just because i heard it was really fucked up compared to the movie and i'm like i want to see how fucked up compared to the movie i mean you can get a lot away with a lot more in, in books than yeah. you can absolutely it's, if you have like too much blood then i'll get like a fucking r rating no like a x rating well really yeah Isn't that just porn too much gore damn or, or like nc-17 or, or maybe that's just television but right i wonder if, the, I wonder if ready player one or two is on is getting a movie on, on, on scribbed scribed the fuck ready player two parentheses ungenkertsk <laughs> it's the german version sick uh i i can't imagine that this book will get a movie and if it does they're gonna have to, I, I guess i fully understood why they changed so much of ready player one just because the studio probably couldn't get the rights for all the references that are in the book, oh, yeah. you know? And there's probably only so much shit that, or only so much money they want to fucking spend on. It, yeah, exactly. And I was thinking during the whole Prince scene that Prince is like a state, is not going to lend his likeness and all his music and all that kind of shit for this entire like shard quest. So they're going to have to change all that completely if he gets him if this gets a movie yeah probably change it to john belushi i don't yeah. know why i was the first name that popped in my head <laughs> the, the musician <laughs> blues brothers yeah. uh what you've been reading um i finished listening to dr sleep i still love the the movie because mm-hmm. mike flanagan mike flanagan <laughs> we need a ding <laughs> um the book's way better is it yeah instead of like in the in the movie we just see Dan in the bar and then picking up that shit, going back to her place. And, right. Uh, and then leaving and then going to that small town where he right away joins like AA and gets a job. And right. Yeah. I remember you telling me about how meets the, fucking Billy Freeman. That's his name. I remember. I remember how you tell me about the kid that reached for the cocaine and then yeah. uncle that beat him, killed him, killed him, beat him and killed him. Yeah. Billy Freeman is fucking old as shit in the book. Is he? Compared to the movie. Where he's like the same age as Ewan McGregor's character, or Ewan McGregor. Yeah. Um, yeah he's, he's like 60 or 70 in the book. Oh, shit. Well, he's younger, but then there's there's like a slight time jump. Mm. Um, yeah, instead of uh, when Abra is older, like 10 or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, and all of a sudden she connects with Dan telepathically, uh, when, she's like a, when she's like an infant or toddler, she like unknowingly... Creates a telepathic bond, not with Dan, but with Tony. Oh, really? Yeah. That's kind of cool. Yeah. And her parents are, like, aware of her powers mm-hmm. because when she's a newborn, she 
like telepathically sense them like the fucking planes crashing into the towers. Oh, really? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. They, because they take her to uh, Dr. John, who in the movie is played by, played by Bruce Greenwood, uh-huh. who is the guy that interviews Dan, who has like the same office set up as the owner, the whatever of the Overlook and the Shining. Right. Uh, he's Abra's doctor. And also in AA with, with Dan. Oh, nice. So they, Abra's parents take her to see Dr. John because she won't stop crying. And he couldn't figure out what was wrong. But the night before the uh, Twin Tower attacks, uh-huh. 9-11 bullshit, um, like she makes them dream. Like, that like the-, the dad dreams of like one tower getting hit. And the oh, mom really? dreams of the other tower getting hit. And then after the attacks, she goes dead silent. Oh, Abra shit. Does. So instead of in the movie, like how at the at Abra's birthday party, she does the the trick in the mm-hmm. in the house where she like hangs all the spoons and knives and shit from the ceiling, right? And her parents are being super freaked out about that, like they know, yeah. And in the book, uh, Abra has a has a great grandmother. Oh, really? Who's like spiritual and shit. How awesome would it be to have your kid be able to like telepathically? Like, I'd be jealous. Even, yeah, I'd be jealous for sure. Like, because as a, like when they're a kid, you have no idea what they want. So for them to just relay a message into my head, going, "I'm hungry" or whatever, I'd be like, "Fuck yeah, this is the best thing ever." <laughs> instead of just them crying, but what do you want? And instead of them just not saying anything and then putting images of nine eleven in my head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the overlook is burned down. Right. Unlike in the movie where they go back to the actual overlook and they're in like the mental like hedge or a yeah, hedge maze. Mm-hmm. In the movie, Billy and, and Dan like trick the, the true knot into going into the woods. Right. And Billy and Dan have a shootout with them there and Billy dies. Uh, in the movie, they're still in that small town with, with like the mini train and shit that yeah. they all live in. And Dan and... Abra, they like project it to make it seem like Abra is on that train with her dad mm-hmm. instead of back home in Idaho or Iowa or whatever, right? Where Abra lives, and then some of the true knot goes there, and Dan and and Billy and Doctor John like, sh- have a shootout and kill a bunch of the true knot there. Hell yeah! But Crow Daddy still kidnaps Abra, but the parents don't die. The parents fucking live. Hell yeah! And Abra doesn't. Like go to Colorado with with Dan. Right, it's Billy and Billy and Dan that go there. There's a group of the True Knot like inside the lobby of whatever lodge that they built there. Uh, Billy is like driving up the path to go meet Rose because Rose thinks that Abra's in the truck with with Billy. Like Abra's there, like mentally telepathically with Dan, and they sneak up on the group of True Knots and kill him. Hell yeah, and. They go to meet Rose the Hat, and there's a shed there, and Dan's, like, looking at the shed like he sees something, but because the, there is something there. There's a true knot whose ability is she can, like, bend herself in shadows oh, so okay. no one can see her. And but Which would be sick, too, to have. Yeah. Let's be honest. That's good. I should have Jordan all the time. <laughs> uh, Dan's like, I'm pretty sure there's something in there. So, it, like, in his head, he has, like, the ghost of uh, Horace, Derwent, the old owner of the Overlook. Oh yeah. So he like sends the sends the ghost into that fucking shed, and 
<laughs> fucking Horace kills that fucking member. That's awesome. Um, All these things are like wit- things I wish I just had. Like, I don't want ghosts in my head, <laughs> but if I had ghosts in my head, I wish I could control them. Got ghosts in my head. <laughs> Do some cocaine about it. Uh, yeah, Abra's great-grandmother, Conchetta, she's dying from cancer. Mm-hmm. Abra and her family and Dan go, go to see her as she's dying uh, during her final moments, and uh, Dan, like, takes her infected steam. Cause right, yeah. She has cancer, and she uses... That, that, that's how they kill that big group. Oh. By unleashing that steam. See, that's so much cooler. Yeah. That, do, do you remember the baseball boy? The the kid that... Yes, yes. They, they all kidnap and mm-hmm. take his steam. Well, apparently he had measles, and because the members <laughs> of the fucking True Knot are old as shit... They all got the measles. Yeah, but because <laughs> they weren't they weren't kids when the when the measles va- vaccine was, they never was, got. Yeah. it's a, it's hey, get your vaccinations. Yeah, but, and that's why they go to find Abra because they think that her steam can cure them oh. because they're also like slowly dying from the measles. Yeah, Dan and Abra use their shine to push Rose the Hat off an uh, observation platform. Mm-hmm. Instead of like in the movie where they kill her in the overlook, when, when they're doing that, they're both struggling to like push her off mm-hmm. using their shine. Uh, and then Dan feels an extra push from somewhere, not from Abra. Uh, a- after it's all over, like Dan looks up at the observation platform and like sees the father or the the ghost of his father. Oh shit! Yeah, w- w- like looking down, waving at him. That's awesome. Yeah. Is uh is that book on that scribed? Oh yeah. App? All right. I was, when I got done with Ready Player Two, I was like, oh, maybe I'll read a Stephen King book. And I saw Dr. Sleep. Dude, I don't know how fucking people can read audiobooks. They have to, it has to take them like at least six months oh, to fucking yeah. successfully read it and edit it and shit. Because I, Dr. Sleep was like 17 hours long. Yeah. And Ready Player Two was like 13 hours or something like that. Also, I feel like you need, you should have some qualifications to be able to read books. Cause I, I started listening to American Psycho, and the dude's voice is not good. Dude, I that's what I like about fucking audiobooks is because it's one person usually yeah. doing the voices for, like, dudes, chicks, yep. kids, old people. Yeah. Uh, like, Will Wheaton had a good voice for reading Ready Player Two. I don't know who this who uh, American Psycho is narrated by, but his voice is real airy, and it's one of those voices that's like, Mostly air and a little bit of voice, and he's he can read fine, but it just it's not a good voice to listen to in headphones when you're trying to like be enthralled in the book. The dude that read Doctor Sleep, I thought it was um Ron Ron yeah Ron Howard mm-hmm. who does yeah like, narration and Opie. shit for movies yeah uh, and direct he did he directed uh, the Grinch with Jim Carrey yeah. yeah my favorite Christmas movie yeah I thought it was him. Because it sounded exactly like him, and uh-huh. that dude was fucking. I forgot what his name is, but holy shit, did he fucking read the shit out yeah. of that book? Oh. All right, yeah, I might have to. I downloaded that scribed app. I'm gonna, I'll pay for it because the whole one credit thing just does not work. Audible, yeah, what the fuck what is that? We have too much time. Audible, <laughs> have you been watching anything? Wait, hold on, I'm not done. Oh, sorry, I thought you were. I wouldn't mind seeing. Doctor Sleep like rebooted as a as a mini series. Yeah, so they can actually play out the story better. Yeah, as as long as it's fucking as long as Mike Flanagan does it. Yep, Mike Flanagan thing. <laughs> um, 
So it doesn't turn out to be a piece of shit like the like the Outsiders or the Outsider miniseries. Yeah. So I, I fucking they they. <laughs> people so, just make the dumbest <laughs> unnecessary changes to yeah. Stephen King's like change the ending. Sure, because Stephen King isn't that great at fucking writing endings. But right. I don't know. But you don't have to change the whole story. Yeah, like the outsider just they added so many unnecessary things that just dragged along the fucking the story cuz I read the outsider before the series came out. And it was just a pile of garbage. How long ago did you finish Doctor Sleep? Um, I think the end of last week. Okay. Have you started? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was Thursday or Friday because I Started uh, listening to Under the Dome by Stephen King. There it is. That's what I was about to ask. <laughs> uh, I was like, man, I wish this Ron Howard dude was reading this book <laughs> too. Cause I, I, I wasn't sure about this guy that sounds like he's our age mm-hmm. reading this, but he's doing a pretty damn good job too. I almost listened to, what is it, 11... 2263? Yeah. You should. I, I heard that the audiobook is really good. Is it? Yeah. Because I, I watched the series, or, yeah, the, the yeah. series on it, and that was I enjoyed that. Me too. But I also feel like it wasn't long enough ago that I watched it to not have those images in my head when I'm reading the book, and I'd rather just create a whole new image in my head based off what I'm hearing. Yeah, the book's way better. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. It it was a good story. and I, Then uh, Stephen King's coming out with a new book in September called 17 something 1776 that's it <laughs> 1776 uh he's, he's a big patriot it was about maybe it wasn't even called that maybe it's because the boy was 17 is why i have it in my head 17 again starring zach efron <laughs> yes and what's his face and friends that's the one chandler bing and i can't even remember what it is but it comes out in september I, i'm thinking about waiting just since I don't have any references from movies, because it seems like almost Steve, every Stephen King book gets made into a movie or a series, mm-hmm. that I want to listen to that before there's a chance, unless they're already working on production or something. Who knows? Oh yeah, maybe that's how I heard. Because I I know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Because I'm pretty sure like the television or movie rights is already bought. Oh yeah, bought it, for it. It's probably bought before he even starts writing it. They're like, oh, I just want the next one. <laughs> Yeah, I'm reading or listening to Under the Dome, and I thought that they made a like a series about it, uh-huh. and they did. And the, uh, Under the Dome came out in 2009, and the series came out in 2013. Oh, dang! Yeah, it the new one's called Fairy Tale. It, yeah, the reason I had 17 is uh, in Stephen King's new novel Fairy Tale, a 17 year old boy named Charlie Reed who inherits the key to a parallel world where good and evil are at war. Hmm. Could be all right. The sounds the, interesting. The description's not as interesting to me, but I know that it's like the books are always gonna be better than what the synopsis of the book is. So, hmm. yeah, sounds interesting. I definitely listen to it. Yeah, and I'm if I like it, I'll, I'll buy the book so I can put it on my shelf. Right, and flex on people. Flex. Yeah, under the dome. Apparently, after the first season of the series, mm-hmm. it, it just it's just garbage. Is it? But I watched the first episode and they. Of course, had to make unnecessary fucking changes. Yeah. So, I don't know if I'll fucking continue the first season. Uh, This book's about a girl named Janice, and the TV series about a boy named Russell. (laughs) Uh, 
Yeah, it's about this town in Maine, of course, called of course. Cedar Mills. Mm-hmm. One day, like this invisible barrier forms over the town. Oh, yeah. And like there's a bunch of birds flying into it because no one can fucking see it because it's this invisible fucking dome. It's like the Simpsons movie. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder where they got the... Got that idea from Simpsons did it Wait. first. Simpsons did it first. Wait, actually, actually, uh, Stephen King started writing the book in '73. Like he or somewhere back then. Oh, really? He, he, wrote, he wrote like it? 75 pages of it, then and then pick, got too picked drunk. it back up. <laughs> then he picked it back up and finished it. A bunch of people are freaking out because they're separated from their families because yeah, there's there's a bigger town, Castle Rock. Uh-huh. Oh, that's close by. And a lot of people go there to like go to the mall and, you know, do do big city stuff. So people get separated from their families. And this one lady who is working in her garden, uh-huh. all of a sudden her hand gets fucking chopped off. Oh, part shit. Of her, part of her garden is on the other side of the dome. That's cool. Yeah. And, and she has no idea why because she can't see it. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. She walks back up to her house and... Her husband comes out because she's calling for him, and she's like, I had an accident. (laughs) (laughs) So it's kind of creepy. And the only sane sheriff in that town Mm -hmm. goes too close to the dome, and he has a pacemaker in in his chest, and it causes interference and causes his pacemaker to explode. So so he dies, and and, uh, they have, like, these voted... I forgot what the fuck they're called, like selectors or some shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're fucking like the like this little town is like full of like religious zealots. And mm. one of the selectees or whatever the fuck is like a huge religious nut and a nut in general. God did this to us for our sins. So, Repent. And he like forms this this makeshift police force, pretty much just a militia. Yeah, of his psychotic son and. His psychotic friends and and their dog Max. I don't think they have a dog. <laughs> he has a Hummer though. Hell yeah, <laughs> he's a cool guy. <laughs> of course, of course, he has a fucking Hummer. Uh, it's pretty good so far since the town is like cut off from the outside world. Right, they don't have electricity. So after after nine eleven, <laughs> bunch of people bought fucking generators and shit to run their homes off of. So everyone's running off generators. So they have a limited supply of energy and. Heat and shit. And, and gas for the generators, I, I'd imagine. Yeah. yeah. They're probably going to run out of fucking gas soon. I, I don't want to know how it ends because I do plan on... I haven't finished it, so I, right. I don't know how it ends. All right, good, because I do plan on reading it. Does But how long are they underneath the dome for? Does it ever state? Uh, Not yet, no. Uh, it'd be kind of cool if around the dome it's all like spawning green landscape and then inside the dome it's just Mad Max desert for some reason. <laughs> and the, the government's like, eh, let's just leave it. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> They've had their fun. And I, and I just started that. I started it on Friday and I wasn't really paying attention. So I'd like catch every like other sentence. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what the fuck are they talking yeah. about? What is going on? I, I think I might have to do that with American Psycho because I was busy while I was listening to it. And then I realized, like, I don't know what, how I got to this point. <laughs> I, I didn't restart it. I just, I just like, either I'll figure, figure, it figure out, out what's going on or I'll just stop and st- start, a, start a different one. Give me a cliff notes. Have you been reading, watching, or listening to anything else? Uh, I mean, I, I watched uh, Don't Look Up, finally. Oh, yeah. And I, we won't spend any time on this but it was good 
I like it. I, I enjoyed it. It's, I mean, it's fucking Leo and Jonah Hill and shit, so you can't not enjoy it. Yeah. And Adam McKay. Yeah, the director. Yeah, like that. He makes great movies. So that's all I have to say about that. Climate change is real. Climate change is real. You been watching anything? Um, probably. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we both watched something. Yes, sir. We um, did. Unfortunately, we ran out of time, so we couldn't do Dracula again this week. <laughs> uh, stay tuned next week for Bram Stoker's Dracula. Yeah, next week definitely. Next week definitely. We'll, definitely will. We'll cover it. Um, but we both watched The Tender Bar. The Tender Bar. The Tender Bar. Wunderbar. Uh, directed by George Clooney. Stars Ben Affleck, Ty Sheridan. Ty Sheridan was in something that we were just talking about. Ready Player One, the movie. Yep. Uh, Christopher Lloyd and Lily Rabe. Rabe? She's from um, American Horror Story. Yeah. yeah. Jordan told me that. Uh a boy growing up on Long Island seeks out father figures among the patrons at his uncle's bar, which does not describe. Yeah, he the was. Movie, really. He was not seeking out father figures. No, like he like enjoyed hanging out with his uncle and his uncle's friends, but he wasn't like, "Hey, do you want to be my dad?" Yeah, that's what. It, so, two things: is this George Clooney's first direct like directing job? Nope. Okay, uh, I think he directed Up in the Air. Which was the movie about like during the recession mm-hmm. where a bunch of people were losing their jobs? George Clooney, I think it was George Clooney, probably. Uh, his job was to like go around the country and fire people. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah, he's directed quite a few movies. This is this is my first George Clooney directed movie that I watched. I think depending on what what else he's done, he's a good director. He should have directed not bad. that fucking Batman movie he was in. <laughs> And then uh, two from that synopsis of the movie. This is usually not a movie that I would watch. Like yeah. by reading it, I'm like that. Honestly, it, like I read it, I'm like this sounds terrible. Yeah, but I, it wasn't. I watched it and I was like, "Hey, Justin, didn't you mention on the bonus episode that you watched it and it was a good movie?" He's like, uh-huh. "Oh, I have no recollection of that." Yeah, because he. To be fair, we, we talked about a bunch of shit. Yeah. On the bonus episode, it's which like, you I'm only get sure if you, you subscribe to the Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash pop culture bicycle. Patreon. Yeah, so Ben Affleck plays Uncle Charlie. Yeah. Uh, Ty Sheridan plays JR. And Daniel R- Ranieri plays young JR, who is absolutely adorable. And a, a pretty good child actor. Yep. To be fair. I mean, you have to, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Christopher Lloyd as the as the grandpa. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he had a name. Yeah, I'm sure he did. But. Lily Robbie, her name in the movie was just Mom. Yeah, <laughs> like that, I was gonna say that. I don't think they ever because oh, even when the kid was hanging out at the bar, it's like that's my sister's kid, and they're just like the crazy one or the hot one. They like never yeah. said her name. <laughs> Not so. Where's the other sister? She was there. Was she? Yeah. Uh, remember when the voice came on the radio, which is Jr.'s dad is a uh, radio DJ called The Voice. And JR used to listen to him because his dad was never around, obviously. He's a piece of shit. Mm -hmm. And uh, anyways. He was always running from child support warrants. Yeah. Which reminds me of a parent that I know. (laughs) Uh, When they were making breakfast, The Voice came on the radio and that that girl that shoved the radio down, that was the other sister. 
Was she the crazy one or the hot one? I don't know which one they're <laughs> per- per- like they're referring to. Uh, have you ever watched Radio Flyer? I don't think I have. It's like a '90s movie about these two brothers whose mom marries this tow truck driver, and he turns out to be an abusive piece of shit. Oh, um, and his name was the King. Oh, really? So is that directed voice, by George Clooney too? No. Maybe, I don't know. But the voice and the king, like, reminded me of each other. Right, oh, yeah. They're both pieces of shit. Gigantic pieces of shit. Yeah. Who who beats up someone. Yeah. The whole movie, I understand that he has the, the father issues. And instead of saying, he just says, I don't have a dad. But to be fair, like, Uncle Charlie was, mm-hmm. quote, unquote, your dad. I would definitely be like, I have my Uncle Charlie. He's, yeah. He's pretty much my dad. Exactly. I I don't know if whoever wrote... I mean, obviously, it was a memoir yeah. that it was based off of... JR or something. Yeah. Uh, something with an M. I can't remember right now. But uh, I don't know. I know it was written from his point of view, and maybe he didn't feel like... But anybody else been like, dude, you have a dad. Your Uncle Charlie is your dad. Yeah, you have a father figure. Yeah. This whole time. Which... Maybe uh, he was seeking out father figures in his uncle's bar... Like in real life, but they didn't portray it very they, well. They in the didn't movie. portray it pretty much at all. There's just a kid hanging out with his cool uncle and his cool friends. Yeah, to be like uh, uh, Ben Affleck is a star, but not the star of this yeah, movie. And yeah. I, I think he played a really good supporting role mm-hmm. in this movie. And he wasn't like like a superhero type person because no. he gets beat up he by gets the boys. <laughs> I did not expect that. Me he, he's, he's like, give me that 30 bucks or you can get out of the car right now. He just he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I didn't, I didn't actually expect you to get he gets out. He punched in the face yeah. and while he's down, he's kicked and shit. I yeah. thought that was hilarious. I was like, well, I didn't expect to see that. No. Uh, but yeah, like it, uh, Ben Affleck, Uncle Charlie was one of those dudes that's like, I wanted, I want that person to be my dad. Like he just seemed like when he was laying out the uh, the rules of being a man, you have your your cigarettes on this side, oh, yeah. your drink, and then your stashies in your wallet. I was like, "That's good yeah. advice." Yeah, you don't put it. You don't, you don't put your money in your front pocket. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that, that'd be good advice for us if we if, if we smoke cigarettes. Put our bars like that anymore either. So this was like a bar that had the regular patrons, and a kid could just. I mean, obviously, it's a oh, kid yeah. can't just hang out yeah. there anymore, but. I, I just feel like there's no bars, at least around here. I don't know about in Boston if there's any bars with like the regular patrons where they're just like, uh, Jimmy's, Jimmy's backing you up. Like you just walk oh, in, yeah. you know? Yeah. It what, seemed like a cool what did environment. They call it? Like, uh, they it was Dickens. Oh, uh, like J- Jimmy's backed you. So I, I don't know what the fuck that meant. But that, cause he was like, oh, this person also backed you. It, it yeah, it meant that they got the next drink on them. But I can't remember what it was called. I don't know. But the, the bar seemed cool. I would hang out in that bar called Dickens. It had a yeah. bunch of Charles Dickens books and stuff mm-hmm. on the. And there uh, was an apartment up top. I would definitely live in that. Oh, was there an apartment up top? Yeah. Oh, who lived there? I don't know. I don't I, remember. I, I didn't know if they said. Maybe if you. I wasn't there. <laughs> it was me. I lived there. <laughs> I lived there. <laughs> in Boston. Um, Dude, Sydney fucking sucks. Sydney fucking sucks. So if you haven't seen the movie, he gets into Yale and he meets this girl that was in one of his classes. And 
she turns out to be this rich girl from mm-hmm. Connecticut. And uh, she invites him up for Christmas, has sex with him. And then in the morning, she's like, I think I'm seeing someone else. Yeah. I was like, what? You're th- you think you're seeing some? This is to be something you should fucking know. Yeah, she she just keeps leading them on throughout the fucking movie for and, three years, four yeah. years of college. At, at after the first time, I'd be like, I don't want you anymore. Like, man, fuck her parents too. Yeah, their his parents. Were I'm, I'm so glad like Jr. Yeah. like stood up for himself. Well, yeah, I can't remember what the uh, what he said. Well, I know what he said. I can't remember the dad's name, but he said the dad's name. He's like, hey. You ever fucking a Volvo? <laughs> you ever fuck in the back of a Volvo? Because <laughs> he fucked his daughter in the back of a Volvo. Yeah. yeah, she just kept fucking leading him on so she could slum it and sleep with JR. And then marry Stinky. Yeah. Who was rich. Yeah. Don't and that was the only reason, obviously. But Yeah, I, I liked how the how the um the like the title of the movie had like a double meaning. Like Uncle Charlie like tended uh, his bar uh-huh. and uh, his mom or Jr's mom wanted wanted him to go to law school. Oh, and, and pass the bar. Yeah. Hey, I just I, I didn't I didn't think about That's that. That's why I get paid the big bucks. Just kidding. I I, I get paid like tiny like play plastic <laughs> monopoly money. No, not even monopoly money. Oh <laughs> shit! You get those dollar store coins. Yeah. <laughs> Not even the chocolate. You get the chocolate, the wrappers to chocolate coins. Couldn't couldn't even afford the the chocolate coins. <laughs> uh, what else happened? This was, it was a pretty long movie, wasn't it? Uh, I think like an hour forty seven. Oh, so something like that. About right, but definitely a good fucking movie. Definitely uh, a good movie. His friends that he met in college were pretty cool. Yeah, one of them is from the Runaways, the short lived Marvel series that was on fucking. ABC Family or some shit. Oh, really? Yeah. Or no, I'm pretty sure. I, th- I think it was Hulu, but it was it wasn't that good of a series. And Christopher Lloyd's character was awesome. Yeah, <laughs> the, he was just pretty much on the verge of being senile. But he was also a genius. And so it, it was also amazing. <laughs> yeah, it stated that he, you know, oh yeah, he had four years of college yeah. at Berkeley. I think it was, and. uh but you wouldn't know it by they kind of introduce him as like a grumpy old man, like a cynical old man, and, and then he was sitting in his uh, his recliner, <laughs> was farting, farting, going, "I didn't do that. <laughs> it wasn't me." And then yells apricots <laughs> for some reason, and then farts again. I didn't do that. I liked the scene where he took Jr. to that the, breakfast, the, the, the father son breakfast, yeah. yeah. And then he got all dressed up. Yep, and he's talking to. Uh, the teacher about who knows what, but it was smart sounding as yeah. fuck. Yeah, I didn't know what they were talking about, but it sounded smart. Yeah, and I was like, God, it's the coolest grandpa ever. Yeah, which also like I'm glad that the movie had it like that, which I'm sure it was like that for Jr. in real life. Yeah, but it would have been cool if Uncle Charlie, if Uncle Charlie was the one to take him to the. Yeah, the I thought Uncle Charlie was gonna be the one. Yeah, I I do like the scene. Where Uncle Charlie had to go to the school psychologist, and it stated that Uncle Charlie, uh, he I think he studied psychology, but he just couldn't afford college, and he basically just owned the psychologist yeah. about Charlie's identity problem. I thought that was fucking great. He just owned me like, 
you're traumatizing the kid, but behind the scenes, you're calling his mom and asking for yeah. a date. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> it kind of reminded me a lot of the scene yeah, like of Goodwill you, Hunting type. Like you're just calling his mom just to bring her in here to like hit on her or whatever. Yeah, something like that. I thought that was a fucking great scene. But I, uh, so the whole time, his mom wants him to go to Yale to be a lawyer, but he wants to be a writer. A lawyer. A lawyer. Yeah, for he wants to be a writer. And it doesn't really, I don't know why he never told his mom before that he was wanted to be a writer. So yeah. basically he graduated yeah. college. <laughs> and about to go to law school. And he's he's like, like, oh, I, I didn't actually want to. Yeah, he's like, where, where are you going to law school? I'm not. <laughs> okay, so we just put you through four years of Yale. But it was uh, it was paid for. Yeah. Oh, yeah, grants and scholarships or something like mm-hmm. that, yeah. Uh, he was smart. Then he starts working at the, smart. the New York Times because yeah. he thought that would get Sydney. Yeah, of course. He wanted to be like an actual writer, but he wasn't like a main writer. No, he got, uh, I think he got one write-up, and then they reviewed some of his work, and the dude's like, your work was really, really outstanding, but like, we're not going to offer you a position. And that pretty much just made up his mind that he was just going to go out on his own start writing writing a memoir yeah writing the <laughs> memoir that's based off this movie probably sold a bunch of fucking books you know it'd be great is if the the movie was a little bit longer and it shows him making the memoir and then it shows george clooney reading the memoir <laughs> and then george clooney making the movie in the movie <laughs> and that's in studio 666 <laughs> yes <laughs> and it comes full circle <laughs> and, and then it shows us recording this podcast <laughs> Then the universe fucking shatters. <laughs> yeah, it, Multiverse of it Madness. It was a good movie. It was a, a I, honest, what would you grade it out of 10? Um, seven and a half. Yeah. I'll give, you know, I'll give it a solid eight. There wasn't too many scenes that I was like, this, this scene fucking sucks. Like yeah. it all flowed very well and the acting mm-hmm. was great. And I really like Ben Affleck's character in it, which is not something you'll hear out of my mouth very often. You'll hear that out of my mouth. All the time. Because <laughs> Ben Affleck's a great fucking actor. I, I'm not saying he's a bad actor. Just I, Sometimes I don't think they put him in the right character. They didn't really show the grandma that much. Uh, the, the, like the only prominent scene that she was in was when they were about to leave for the for the breakfast. It's like, I remember you. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but basically that and there was another one, I think, during the breakfast scene. That's about it. Like, not the... Father's son breakfast, but when they're all having breakfast at the table, like baby, basically right after they moved in. But other than that, yeah, I I would recommend it. And definitely, I, yeah, Justin, good movie. Don't don't read the synopsis; just watch the movie. Because yeah. if you read that, you're not going to want to watch it. Yeah, just listen to our recommendation. Um, I would say that we have a new uh, review. Oh, we fucking don't because no one fucking left a review. Oh. But you can do so for shame on iTunes or the Apple Podcast app, wherever it is, and Spotify. You can, yeah. Wait, let's see if we have any reviews on Spotify. Ooh. When I guess no, because like me, plenty of people probably don't know that you can leave reviews on Spotify. Yeah, I, I feel like it's a pretty new thing. Um, must not look up a. Slightly more successful podcast. <laughs> Last podcast on the left. 
Holy shit, I haven't watched this in forever. No, no we haven't. We, ha- we haven't even got a five-star. We have no rating on Spotify. Let me see. This is rate show. How do you, where do you go to rate the show? Where it says it right there. And then you just no click rating? that. That must be like an update. So yeah. I don't fucking update my fucking apps. Oh. <laughs> but anyways, leave a review. Leave a review. Wait, I should check the fucking podcast email, see if anybody left an email. Ooh. Or voice message. Am I signed in on my phone? You can leave voice messages? Yeah. Neato. All right, I'm not signed in on my phone, so <laughs> maybe, maybe next week. But thanks for tuning in. But not like a very sincere thanks because we don't we, we don't have any new five star reviews so so maybe if we get a five star review it'll be more sincere. But read, watch, listen to everything that we recommend because we're the only opinion that matters. Watch the Tanda Bar. The Tanda Bar. It's a wicked smart movie. <laughs> All right, and on that note. Goodbye. Thanks for listening. Special thanks to our executive producer, Justin. You can follow the podcast on Instagram at Pop Culture Bicycle and on Twitter at Pop Culture Bike. You can follow me on Instagram at Pop Culture Jake and Luke at Luke Keyway underscore DG. That's Keyway spelled K E W A Y. If you have any suggestions for us to read and or watch, email the podcast at Pop Culture Bicycle at gmail.com or use hashtag Pop Culture Bicycle on Twitter. You can support the show on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash popculturebicycle. 